Hello, podcast friends. It's Justin here and Nathan. Yeah. Right beside That's me. That's me. Cozily beside me. I'm not me. comfortable with this. I'm on the same <laughs> ta- side of the table as you. I don't like it. The reason we're on the, uh, the same so side of... Together, oh, thank you. We are very cute together. Your whiskey's not even at the right place. I know. It's all very bad. The reason that we're on the same side of the table is because we have a very special guest right here in this moment, our friend and yours, Adam Foster. Thank you. Hi! Thank you. Hello, everybody. A brand new record out called Dirty City, right, Adam? That's right. Dirty City available everywhere? 10 4. October 4th. Okay. And our friend Adam here is a Nashville singer songwriter. I played in a band with Adam for a while. I also um, know him. <laughs> he's play he's he's you got a show coming up at the Springwater here in Nashville Spring on Water. October twenty seventh. That's right. All right, my yes. birthday. Yeah. Oh fantastic. Wow. Yeah. Awesome. And so Adam's here to you wanna say a little something about the record and um, place a tune maybe? Yeah, sure. Um it's out uh, you know, like I said, October fourth. Um and you can get it through AdamFoster.com, you know, or all your streaming platforms it's called dirty city um it was a lot of it was fun it was a tough record to make made it with some great people though randy ross produced it a friend of mine and um matthew hunts on there um yeah a few you know the few good players and um it was one of those uh you know just kind of a crucible type experiences it was it was tough it was a small hot room with very little air conditioning but um it was uh i don't know it was it was a uh, maybe because of that. I don't know. We I feel like we pushed ourselves a little bit to um, yeah to go a little further than my last record, and um, so I'm I'm really happy with it. I'm proud of it, and, and uh, hope people like it. All the best records were made in small unair conditioned rooms. Yeah. I think <laughs> that's a fact. Yeah, it's a slight masochist. If you're a kid right now with Logic in your bedroom and a laptop, just turn your AC off. Yeah. Ask your mom <laughs> if you can turn off your AC yeah. before you lay down a sick beat. Stop your allowance. Stop bringing you PB and J sandwiches. Speaking yeah. of sick beats, yeah. uh, what do you want to do? All right. Well, I'll do the um, the title track here, uh, acoustically, of course, and. Um, Yeah, Dirty City, here it goes. Dirty City, Adam Foster. Hear the devil trying to get into heaven. See the dog trying to run away. See mama ride the 7-Eleven. I better get on my knees and pray. I see brother pushing dope on the corner. Sister street walking again. Weather's getting warmer and warmer I better get on my knees, amen I'm gonna pray, I'm gonna run I'm gonna buy the world's biggest gun Live in the woods, give it a whirl Bottle of whiskey and a pretty girl Dirty city, full of headaches Dirty city, full of blood Dirty city, full of heartbreak Dirty city, it's a pity no one burned this town to the ground A long time ago A long time ago My priest is running numbers and card games Cops don't know which way to turn Noise in my head driving me insane I'm at the point of no return I'm gonna beg, I'm gonna plead I'm gonna leave at the greatest speed Fence myself in, hide from the world Bottle of whiskey and a pretty girl Dirty city, 
city full of blood Dirty city full of heartbreak Dirty city, it's a pity No one burned this town to the ground A long time ago A long time ago In the back By the jukebox Where we Dirty city, full of heartbreak Dirty city, it's a pity No one burned this town to the ground A long time ago A long time ago Great nice. job, man. Great job. Dirty City out October 4th, right? That's right. Show at the Springwater October 27th. Also, if you happen to be alone that evening uh, and not in Nashville, think of me. Uh, <laughs> special appearance by Podcast Dog on that one. A little jingle in the background. Great job, Adam Foster. Thank you. And on to the podcast. Sushi Welcome back. Yeah. It's been a minute. Yeah, it has. It's been a minute since we've sushi jackknifed. It's been a bit of a whirlwind for us, honestly. Sushi jackknifed. Yeah. In the past tense, like it was a verb. Yeah. Sounds like a very strange sex act. Well, yeah. <laughs> I assume that's something that, um, you know, um, uh, no, I can't say any of that. Whatever, <laughs> everything, everything that popped in my head was totally yeah. racist and wrong. It's a racist? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was. Okay. I'm sorry. I mean, I was thinking about women because they're scissoring. Right. Yeah. Well, no. Here, that well, that's where I went. I we didn't are. know there was race involved. Well, just the, the the anyway. Yeah. Let's not get into it. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. Well, um, I appreciate we'll, uh, that. We'll it's, hang right here where we're at in awkward silence in this comfortable, uncomfortable place. Um, yeah, it's felt like a while since we've done one of these, no, and, it has and been. that's a it's a good feeling to be. You know, it's a different feeling. To be in the chair uh, on one of these shows than it is on the other show. It's a, yeah. I, I don't. It's a. You know. Are you saying you don't feel like this show is ever going to get an NPR interview? I, <laughs> yep. And I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. My. Hey. So our next guests are <laughs> known for talking about taints. Uh, please welcome. <laughs> Their show has something to do with scissoring, but we're we're not sure what. We can't tell you what. It involves race. We're very confused by it. That's correct, people. Our other show, if you don't listen to our uh, our show about Bob Ross, nothing but a Bob thing, uh, you should. Um, you know, not everyone crosses over one way or the other. Yeah. If you start with one show, you don't necessarily like the very other. Very different shows. Very different audiences, I think. But... Yeah, we were actually... Can you fucking believe it? 
Sushi Jackknife audience, if you've been listening this whole time, yeah. congratulations. It only took like four and a half years, but we got on fucking NPR. With a different show. With a different show, <laughs> but it's still us. It's us two so, humans. Uh, so I didn't get to talk about this on the other podcast, so I'll talk about it here. Great. I'm getting interviewed on NPR. <laughs> um, so I we did our pre-interview that's right. There yeah. are two interviews. <clears throat> yeah, not, we didn't, yeah. not to spoil like how they make the sausage of NPR. It's a very but they uh, pre-interview. It's a bland sausage. Um, I went into a room at work. Yeah, did that. Everything was fine. The next day, when we're doing the actual interview, I get up. I head to that same room. There's someone in there. <sighs> Terrifying. So if you go and listen to our interview. Um, just remember that the whole time I'm in my car with no AC running <laughs> because it was the only quiet place I could find. <laughs> I had it. And, and since my, like my work is very, people walk in and out of my space all the time. Yeah. My space is not just my space. It's sort of a common space. And so I had to put signs up everywhere that were like, please don't come in here. I'm recording. Please be quiet. Yeah. You know, yeah i I was in my car. I came because it's been for those who don't know in Nashville, it's been like ninety five degrees every day for Fuck. three four weeks. Yeah, it's insane. It sucks balls right now. But I couldn't run the air conditioner because yeah. that's going to make extra noise, and I didn't want right. to add to the noise of the show. No, so I'm sitting in a stale air hot car. <laughs> I go back in after we're done, and I'm sure everyone went, what has he been doing? He looks like like he's flushed, for sure. He looks like he's been sweating. I don't know what's happening with him. Is he dying? Do we need to call an ambulance? Did Nathan finally have that seizure? We were all knew it was we've coming. Been, we've been waiting for it. We've only been poisoning his food for the last six months. yeah so i the whole interview i'm in my car (laughs) the only change from my driving position is i move the seat back because i'm like normally on the phone yeah i'm a pacer oh you move around yeah i can't do that in the car yeah so i had to move my seat back so i'm like at least i can shift my feet (laughs) at least i can move them around that's a good compromise good on you yeah well i mean it just added to the sweatiness sure sure (laughs) But the worst part is that like lower back sweat that you get. Oh yeah, and it's well, and that cold. happened. Yeah. Oh, I had that. I, I had the that. cold lower back sweat. Oh, it's just uncomfortable. I'm doing it right now. I'm thinking about well, it. Well, and then you, then I got inside to the air conditioned building, and I'm sitting there going, "I'm really cold right now." Yeah. Because I'm like, well, I've been sweating for the last half hour. <laughs> that makes sense. You've got a layer of moisture on <laughs> yeah. you, like a toad, and <laughs> it's disgusting. Yeah. I'm surprised anyone talked to me the rest of the day because they had to look at me and go, he looks like he's dying. You gross bastard. He looks like he's going to die at any moment. Here's to being one step closer to that faithful and tragic Terry Gross interview we want to have someday. Oh, man. <laughs> I would I would love a Terry Gross interview. I would, too. I can't. I, I It's still beyond me. I mean, we were on. It, it's not like we were on there for two seconds. We were on there for like a good, what, 15 minutes yeah. or something? Like, yeah. We were a segment. 
Um, and if you're looking for that, it's the Colin McEnroe show out Colin. of WNPR in Connecticut. I think Hartford. Yeah. Um, the whitest place on earth. Yeah. And uh, that's how that's how we talking about a Bob Ross podcast got on. Is there anything whiter than two white guys talking about a Bob Ross podcast on an NPR show? <laughs> In Connecticut. That's as white as that's it gets. That's the whitest thing I've ever heard. That's so white that mayonnaise would look at it and go, that's bland. <laughs> <laughs> Though I was listening to some other episodes of their show of Curiosity, and um, they had someone on who wrote a novel. Uh, it sounds like a really interesting book. I don't remember the author's name or the name of the book, so this is a useless conversation yeah uh about all the folks from vietnam and and other like southeast asian countries that live in hartford and uh like basically all of them work in nail salons and this guy like grew up his mom working in a nail salon and like in the back they'd be cooking pho you know yeah and stuff like that and it was really interesting anyway can't give you any details on that at all but good luck there there are <laughs> there are people from some sort of asian country yeah. in connecticut yeah so that was the moral of this that was a, it's not <laughs> as white bread as we think it is there are other humans there like five probably five or six yeah, yeah. whatever you know i mean it's so white it is it's, yeah. uh, it's so white <laughs> so, going back to scissoring um, yeah okay I, I just that's gotta be great that's all I really wanted to say. That's it. Yeah, if you're, you know, if you're a lady and you like ladies, sushi jackknife <laughs> would be more aggressive. Scissoring, yeah, yeah, like it would be like everyone oh. comes out of that in pain. I got it. Actually, I don't want to like do that thing where we allude to like fish and don't don't women's. do that. We're not doing that. We're not alluding to that at all. But I think what a sushi jackknife might be. As a as a, as a lesbian sex act would be scissoring, but like one of them, it's like is she's using her butt, you know what I mean? Like she's like grinding her butt against the other one's vagina. See, this is how different our shows are. Like, <laughs> I think that's a sushi jack because then it's like the jackknife part. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's okay. like a, a knife. Her body is the closing blade. You know, I'll I won't argue with you because. <laughs> I legitimately can't come up with a rebuttal for thanks, but on vagina. So <laughs> get that get that mental image going, everybody. And if there's already a name for that, you should email us because I unexplained. Please, please don't. <laughs> I, you know, normally I'm all for emails. This is the situation. Don't email us. Don't tell us anything. Okay. We don't want to know what's going on in your personal homes when you lock the doors and turn on your your laptop. That's between you and God. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. um, God, it feels good to say things like that. You know, it feels... uh, One of these days... I'm coming home. I'm home. One of these days, you're going to lose your mind. Yeah. During the Bobcat podcast (laughs) and you're just going to be sitting there going dildos dildos i am pretty fascinated with dildos so there you go um speaking of dildos didn't you have a story about yeah so i i sent you this text um so my my son is three this is a an important lead in here yeah uh so 
we we came across a balloon artist and, this last and explain to me how that's different from a clown uh he didn't have makeup ah much it's preferable. just a guy yeah it's just a guy with balloons that's much better than a clown uh who was making things like roses oh wow crowns things like that yeah. my child chose a fishing pole oh was that an option? Or? Yeah, okay. no, it, it's an option. That was an option. It's a fishing pole with a little tiny balloon fish at the end of it. Wow! A, a gray balloon okay. for the pole, <clears throat> and then a brown balloon for the handle. Got it. So he's three. We got home. He immediately laid it on the grass. Of course. Which popped the gray balloon. Oh, the handle. <laughs> No, that's the whole no. pole. Oh, I see. The handle. Okay. So the handle and the fish are, are all that's left. Okay. <laughs> the handle <laughs> looked exactly like a balloon dildo complete <laughs> with two balloon balls. <laughs> so, so what happened is my three-year-old son... Just had a balloon dildo and a fish. There you go. <laughs> That's a sushi jackknife right there. That's a sushi jackknife story. <laughs> yeah. For sure. So <laughs> so that's all that was left of his fishing pole. It's still on our kitchen counter. <laughs> and did he, because it brings me dr- great joy. Oh, of course. Yeah. I wanted to. Look what he made. And I, I didn't have my wife do this and all. But her family is very conservative. I would say some members, mildly homophobic, Mm. mildly, Mm. really wanted her to send a picture of our kid just holding a giant balloon penis. (laughs) Like, they they were concerned at one point uh, when we visited her sister-in-law that we let him use a pink bib. Oh, they were concerned because you let him use a pink bib. Yeah, we let him use a pink bib. You know what happens? You use a pink bib. That automatically transforms you into one of them gays yeah a gay baby yeah yeah um (laughs) that is the gayest baby i've ever seen and the other day at hobby lobby he picked out pearls and she did send a picture yeah of him wearing his pearls that he grabbed at hobby lobby sure which didn't get the response i wanted which is why I wanted a balloon dildo <laughs> in a picture to my in-laws where it's just like, look, he found a little balloon penis. That's neat. <laughs> little cock and balls. That's cool. <laughs> Oliver's been downtown and fell in with a rough bachelorette crowd. <laughs> like, they would just be so horrified for no reason whatsoever. Yeah. It would, it would warm the cockles of my heart. I love it. Pun intended. Cockles. <laughs> all the cockles. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just want them to be uncomfortable at all times. That's, no, I like that That's idea. the whole thing. I like that idea. <laughs> I want everyone to be uncomfortable, really. Yeah. Even me. You're, I don't want to be comfortable. You're not comfortable at all, are you? Are you generally comfortable? I would say I am comfortable a maximum 8% of the time. Maximum. I'm going to have to agree with you. That sounds right on to me. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's including when I'm at home. Even when I'm at home, I'm like, I feel like I need to be doing that thing or not doing that thing. Ah, In your own body. (sighs) At any given time. 8%. 8% level of comfort. 8%. Okay. 
All right. (laughs) (laughs) Have you considered, you know, I don't know, options? I think I think what you're trying to say is yes. I know it's everyone else's fault. Oh, okay, good. I'm the only one who's right. <laughs> um, it's not quite where it was going. No, yeah, but, no. That's it. Everyone oh, else is okay. the problem. All right, that's yeah. working for you. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. Good. Good. I mean, it could be lower than eight. Let's be optimistic here. That's true. It could be like a six percent. That's true. I met a guy with a six percent level of comfort. You know, he was not very happy. Eight percent. Like, let's say you had cancer. Sure. And you had an 8% survival rate. Whoa, boy. In cancer? Not terrible. Really? I mean, it's not the worst. I guess they don't ever give you 100%, do they? Yeah. I mean, depending on the, the kind of cancer you It's have. not like they go, hey, you're going to die. Yeah. 8%, they're like, I mean, maybe. You, you could pull through. It's not for sure that you're going to die. I can settle with not for sure. <laughs> <laughs> that would, I mean, that would instill some hope, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I've never been in a life-threatening medical oh, situation, no, so I, I can't really say how I feel. <laughs> I, I, uh, I, I've wanted to, speaking of in-laws, wanted to pull out the cancer uh, comparison when they start talking about global warming oh yeah particularly my brother-in-law yeah uh who's insufferable yes i i will not confirm nor deny okay. that <laughs> i'm gonna assume he's insufferable. i'm pleading the fifth fine fine i'll just assume for you that he's insufferable i hope that long exaggerated sip was picked up <laughs> on the mic um <laughs> no he he's very opposed to the idea of global warming you know what we like to call scientific fact uh <laughs> yeah you can't be opposed to an idea that's just a reality yeah, that's yeah. Not, um and always makes fun of it okay so i wanted to ask him at one point and i haven't done this because i feel like it would cause a fight yeah like let's say you have cancer and 97 percent of scientists and i'm being this is like the conservative estimate. Sure. 97% of scientists are like, you know what would solve this cancer? <laughs> if you eat a rutabaga every day. How about you do this? Are you siding with the three? Is that the only, like, yeah. is it global warming the only time that you're like, yeah, no, there's like four scientists on the earth. They're like, yeah, let's, I don't think that's a thing. <laughs> I'm gonna side with those four. <laughs> Does he is he similarly siding with the people who were like, uh, you know, a soul enters, you know, a a, a fetus at conception? Oh, that's that's probably likely. <laughs> yeah, 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 there you go. There you go. You don't you conception. That's when life conception. begins. So I finally watched. Um, <clears throat> This has been a long time coming on the show. I finally watched the Hail Satan documentary. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. How was that? You know, <laughs> thought-provoking. A little boring, even. Your your voice. Oh, oh. I knew that it wasn't great yeah. by the fact that your voice went up one full octave. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, it was very interesting. Yeah. Um, I think I understood sort of their point from the trailer. Yeah. And uh, but you know I filled in some filled in some cool gaps. I mean uh, you know there's I, chapters of this is uh, the the satanic temple right. TST they call it T 
TST. Yeah. Softens it a little bit for people. Uh, <laughs> it does It does feel a little bit less threatening. And <laughs> when you say TST, right? Um, I didn't realize they have chapters, like, basically all over the country. Oh, yeah. They're I, all over I the I didn't place. know how big they were. They're pretty big. Oh, yeah. Point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I um, mean, and really, at this point, it seems like their main function is just to argue with people. Yeah. That's kind of what... That's... Yeah. Like... A lot of the now, I would rec- I would recommend the documentary. Okay, I'm, I'm just saying it's not blood and gore for you know ninety minutes. It's it's well, it's, it's you know if you <laughs> if you're listening to this podcast and you think that the Church of Satan is really just like human sacrifices right. and stuff, you're listening to the wrong podcast. The, right. <laughs> their first their first tenet is empathy. And compassion for others. Right. Like, they have, like, seven tenets, and I was like, missed opportunity, should have been six. Um, oh, that's true. You know, combine... You can't wipe one of those out? Right, right, right. Or add <laughs> According 650 to... or 665 of them? Right. Get 666 uh, tenets. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Don't mess around. I mean, the Pixies were right when they said, if man is five, then the devil is six. Yeah. If the devil is six, then God is seven. This no, monkey's gone to heaven. Um, anyway, so, yeah, that's, like, right there. So, a lot of the documentary focuses on them. And you may have heard this story in the news, and you may have even heard us talk about it at some point. Basically, any time, and this was mostly focused around in Arkansas, uh, there's this, I think he's a state representative in Arkansas who is a who is a pastor as well, or was a pastor or whatever, who was doing his damnedest to get a statue of the Ten Commandments on the right, state yeah, grounds, right. like on the Capitol grounds, right? Which is, by all <clears throat> by all interpretations, really against the Constitution. It is, yeah. Separation of church yeah. and state. Yeah, it's all, it's right there. And if you disagree with us, you're wrong. So <laughs> Exactly. Um, and, uh, you know, so their whole point is not so much let's... They don't really have a desire to place a giant statue of Bamphomet, you know, the like goat You're right. representation of Satan, with two children, you know, approaching him from either side. Right. Well, <laughs> they don't really want to do that so much as they just want them proving a point. not to put up a statue well, of the Ten Commandments. And the way I understand <clears throat> it is really the Church of Satan... Mm. It's just like a very active group of atheists. Correct. That's, yes. <laughs> they're, they're activist yeah. atheists. Yeah, and in fact, what a lot of them said is that, yeah, okay, we they were atheists before. Yeah. And, you know, the thing about being an atheist, though, is there's there's no iconography, there's no ritual. It's not that fun. You know, being an atheist, you just spend your time like bill maher yeah just pointing at things going no yeah exactly yeah no. it's, it's that's not it. that one <laughs> and that's exactly what they said it's an anti you're anti you're defining right. yourself by being anti something whereas in this case they're pro satan right who they see as the antagonist right they see as the they interpret biblical stories with 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 satan being the um you know the voice, kind of the voice of reason. Um, they looked at the they look at the Adam and Eve story as, you know, the snake is being like, "Hey, eat it. It's why you're gonna why get knowledge. Yeah, why wouldn't you eat the why apple? Wouldn't you, just eat it. You'll get lots of you'll get great knowledge." And they look at the you know the story of Jesus being tempted in the desert, right? 
And uh, Jesus is out there, nothing to eat, nothing to drink. And, and Satan is like, here, have some food, have some what? They just interpret those stories the exact... <laughs> that is a very different interpretation right? than the, I'm used to. The exact opposite way. So, um, anyway. Uh, oh, P.S., those Ten Commandments statues, this I learned today. There's these these Ten Commandments statues that are identical, and they're all over the country, right? Not necessarily on capital grounds, but all over the country. And it turns out they weren't put up for any particular reason other than when the Charlton Heston Ten Commandments movie came oh, out. Oh, lordy. They, Cecil B. DeMille had them, gave them away <laughs> to state and local governments all around the country <laughs> as a promotional stunt for the Ten Commandments. <laughs> And there's even video you can find of Charlton Heston like dedicating them to whatever whatever the fuck city Nowheresville. So how many more tickets did it sell? <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's a pretty good promotional move right, right there. Right, All of a sudden right? this is a thing where people are like no. Yeah. This is a symbol of who we are. Apparently. We can't take this down. Right. <laughs> And it's not that America hasn't always been a predominantly Christian country. Right. It has. Was it founded as one? I don't really think so, no. I mean, the founders were not necessarily... Well, the founders were, if anything, anti. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and there's not... If you look at the concept, there's not, like... There are protections for religious freedom. Right. But there's not so much, like, like religion is we want to be all in bed with religion. We well, definitely want separation. Right? And this is a thing I've always thought, like reading parts of the constitution and everything. Yeah. yeah. Cause you had like Benjamin Franklin, you had people like that, that were, they were really realists. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like they, they weren't anti-religion. Right. And they probably did believe in a God. Yeah. But they didn't believe in, the Church of England God. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Which is what existed for them at that time, more or less. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. <laughs> right. And so, the, putting God in the Constitution, mm-hmm. it's such a general term that means nothing, mm-hmm. really. Because they're just like, eh, there's probably there's probably a guy. Yeah. <laughs> there might be a guy. I don't know. Somebody's getting these letters. Like Thomas Jefferson <laughs> made his own Bible. Yeah. And ripped out tons of stuff where he's like, well, this isn't real. <laughs> Actually, I didn't know that. That's cool. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. It's very interesting. Um, and stuff like that. Yeah. So everyone talks about like the founding fathers. We're all men of God. No, they weren't. No, they weren't. Pipe down. No, they were. They were. They were. They were like us. Where, like, there's some. Yeah. There were some that yeah. were men of God. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. I mean, and they were very, obviously, very intelligent, very yeah. forward-thinking people for the most part, despite, you know, being victims. Uh, I mean, not victims. Despite owning slaves and all that. Still pretty... Uh, they being were still victi- pretty forward-thinking. Being victims of slavery. Yeah, no, 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 no. That's not what I meant to say at all. <laughs> um, my nascent political campaign is in the toilet. Um, <laughs> Oh, man, that's so, going to be on so many political <laughs> ads. It's can't crazy. Can't loop me. Loop me. Um, but no, I didn't realize this. And, and according to this documentary, you know, that sort of rise in America is a Christian country, quote unquote, 
really came about after World War II in the 50s and the scare of communism because communism is an atheism it, it, oh, yeah. Russia was an, is an atheist country the the tenets of communism is that you be atheists right. not necessarily all but China is also technically atheist even right. though the people aren't necessarily and they never really were in Russia either there's no religion in the government at right. all right yeah and so you know this spread of this atheistic style of government we reacted by suddenly putting in God we trust on everything, um, you know, putting it on the money, putting it, you know, up in public places and all this stuff. And so that really didn't happen until the 50s. And we used to be very proud of the separation of church and state. It doesn't mean that church wasn't important to people, but they understood the necessary separation. Well, yeah. yeah. It, it should be very, <laughs> very important. Yeah. I mean, that's... One of the very major parts of the founding of, I mean, even before the country, us coming over here. Yeah, uh-huh, exactly. <laughs> was, right. hey, like, we don't really want to do religion the way you guys are doing exactly. it. Exactly. It kind of sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> so I would recommend watching yeah. this documentary, um, Hail Satan. There's also some interesting stuff in there about the Detroit chapter. Um, which is headed by this woman whose name I forget, but um, she does a, a lot of these big scale performance art stuff. And we're talking like pouring wine on people and pig heads on, on, on steaks and all kinds of cool stuff. Um, and it's really, it's visually very interesting. If you want to see some nude people, uh, I'll be right back. Watch. Okay. See you later. Um, <laughs> she had this great concept. She's like, she wants to use, you know, a lot. She wants to use nudity, but she in particular wants to use male nudity because she's trying to get away from the fetishization of the female body. Right. I thought that was really cool, actually. Yeah, I'll like, be right back. Okay. <laughs> I was like, right on. <laughs> that being said, you see plenty of naked dudes and chicks, whatever right. your, your thing is. Um, but they ended up separating, spoilers, separating her from the church because she said some radical stuff about murdering the president. So... <laughs> You know, but I was like, she said radical <laughs> stuff, and then you, yeah, you kept going. But she did, okay. some, she did some cool stuff, though. At the same time, yeah. besides that, she did a lot of cool Aside stuff. Aside from threatening the president, right? Which we don't condone. No, no, no. he's his own worst enemy. You don't need to threaten. He's him. a few Big Macs away, honestly, at any given time. <laughs> that's true. But at this point, maybe that's what's keeping him alive. Maybe it's flipped, like the heroin with you know the Rolling Stones. Instead of, you know if, what I mean? If he gives up Big Mats, Max, he'll just fall apart. <laughs> yeah, he'll turn to dust and blow away. <laughs> it's the connective tissue between his cells at this point. He he has no blood left. It's just special sauce. <laughs> and then what's holding his arteries up is tiny pieces of McChicken. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's the Zombified whole thing. chicken. Yeah. Yeah. Just little hunks of McChicken <laughs> just propping up his arteries. Intent on keeping him alive a little yeah. bit longer. Just like what holds Mike Pence together is, you know, his his buried homosexuality. Right. <laughs> the hope that someday. <laughs> someday. Oh. I mean, really. Yeah. Is there a politician that if at some point in the future they came out, you would be less surprised about than Mike Pence? No. No. I, it's just that he's so adamantly opposed That's to it what that it you're is. like, 
dude. Like you've thought about it though, haven't you? <laughs> a lot. A lot. It's crossed your mind a few times. <laughs> yeah, you, you just don't get passionate against something that doesn't matter to you. In if some it doesn't way. affect you, you're right. like, I don't I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> like it definitely is a thing where he's like, I mean, dudes though yeah. oh, no <laughs> uh, gay wrong ah! <laughs> what a what what that would be the turnaround of the century honestly if yeah. he came out and he was cool with it yeah and he was you know oh it would never happen i know i know it uh, like he will he will die and then there will be like some guy that comes out and wins yeah he he came on to me one time <laughs> like he seemed pretty into the idea <laughs> <laughs> Like, that's the whole thing. I just hope that, you know, somewhere in, in his heart and soul, he's got some sort of satisfaction. Um, or can achieve it someday before his imminent how, death. How would he have satisfaction right now? <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> it's a wonderful time to be alive right now. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, yeah, there's no, there's no part of Mike Pence's existence right now that you look at and go, yeah, okay. That's pretty good. Yeah. Like you have to defend the the bloated corpse of a president that we have all the time. <laughs> that was good. You've put like your entire one. entire career just on this guy yeah. that is going down. Like yeah. Oh, he's going down. He's <laughs> there's I don't see and I feel like we called it. I feel like we called it a few years ago. No, we weren't the only ones, of course. No. But I think we called it. I think we were like, yeah. I mean, I know it's not over yet, obviously. And people keep pointing out, who are more level-headed than me, that after being impeached, Clinton still won. Yeah. But that was nothing. That was but, nothing but on Clinton the scale But Clinton also of this. had an, a high approval rating. That's very true. Going into That's it. a good point. And Trump does not with that said please go vote yeah please in the go next vote. presidential election unless you're a republican in which case they've moved the election to december yeah, that's correct it's actually it's gonna be on christmas day yeah. this year so just show up at your local courthouse and just bang on the door they'll let you in uh if they don't <laughs> I mean, you can cry fraud all you want. Consequently, I have voted before, and some guy who looks like Santa is usually there. Oh, that's true. Yeah. I, that's one of my favorite things about voting here. Seeing the old people? Yeah. The olds. Yeah. yeah. So I don't, know, I don't know if this is everywhere or if it's just in our neighborhood. No, I think it's everywhere. But the, the people who volunteer to work the polls are all well over 75. You know what's interesting about that? What? They get paid. How much do they get paid? I don't think much, but they do get That's paid. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, they're they all well over 70. Oh, absolutely they are, yeah. And you show up, you're like, hey, I'm here to vote. Which, of course, they know that's why you're there. They're in a room that's specifically for voting, but right. you still tell them. Yeah. And the sweet old lady who's 82, we'll say 82, is just like, well, okay, let's go ahead and vote. And she's very happy that you're there. She's very friendly. She signs you in. She sends you over to an old man who's over by the the voting booth. 
that takes your your little card. Yep. <laughs> like it's just so nice all around. It is. It's just these these elder people going, you know what you should do? Vote. There is I like it. There is yeah, there's something very appropriate about the fact that it's elderly people generally the, working the polls. The last time I voted, it was a guy at least mid seventies, probably early eighties. Yeah. Overweight, but like beard down past his nips. Yeah. We'll say we'll say it's past his nips. And I'm like, I want you to be my grandpa. <laughs> could you, could you be my grandpa? Can I sit on your lap and get a civics lesson, please? Uh, tell me again, grandpa, about how does the Supreme Court? What get was put it together? like when Truman beat Dewey? <laughs> <laughs> Since yeah. yeah i it's just very nice it's very pleasant if it were people our age they would be a huge pain in the ass and i hate them they and would. i'd want to stop voting just to not deal with I them know. i know i know there's always at least one really upbeat yeah elderly person working there hey how you guys doing <laughs> And then there's always someone who is cantankerous, yeah. but they keep everybody in line. Right. I think that's part of it, too. It's like... There has to be a leader. Oh, absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. I mean, uh, I vote over here at our, like, local uh, Casa Azafran. What what do you call that? It's like a community center. It's, it's a community sort of, center. Yeah. yeah. Sort of a community center. And... Uh, there's a narrow hallway that leads to the room where you vote. Right. And they are very intent on keeping half of that hallway open so that the people who have already voted can fuck off. Which there are like four people that <laughs> vote in their busy time. That's there are right. four people voting. That's time. right. So there's always somebody out there being a real dick, being like, <laughs> keep the aisle open. <laughs> Continuously. <laughs> Continuously. Well, that... That's the one job they were given yeah. when they signed up for this. They're like, you're the aisle person. <laughs> Do not let this get out of control. If you they, know what happened in 2012. If they cross the midpoint of the hall, <laughs> execute them on yeah, site. That's correct. That's correct. We, we've given you this taser. Just start tasing people <laughs> if they cross over. Pretend it's that grandson of yours who never calls. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Fucker. Um, yeah, so go watch Hail Satan, question mark. That's, Hail that's, Satan? That's it. It's uh, it's worth your time. It's a very interesting film. I enjoy Do it. we hail Satan now? Yeah. Um, so I brought this up to you yeah. earlier. Yeah. I'm excited about this. And I think I am. Uh, okay. So we're going to flash back here Baloo. for some background here. Baloo, Baloo, Baloo. Early 90s. Mm, I'm a child. Yes. Okay. There was a college basketball player mm. who got drafted into the NBA mm-hmm. named Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> I recall him. Very large man. <laughs> yeah. Shaquille. I, I refuse to call him Shaquille because I enjoy Shaquille. Okay. So, um, so he he went into the NBA. He played basketball. But he, he was a multi multi-talented individual. Oh, yes. Not only did he play basketball, Shaq went to movies. Perhaps you've seen, I don't know, it's probably second 
to Gone with the Wind for greatest movie of all time, uh, Shazam. Shazam is a very classic <laughs> Where he movie. plays a giant rapping genie. Genie, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, he also released multiple, That's more than one right. rap album. That's correct. Including oh. a song with the notorious B.I.G., now that's an achievement. Yeah, um, the notorious B.I.G. died shortly after. Oh, and <sighs> tell me it wasn't the last thing he recorded. <laughs> I hope not. Okay, okay, so that all happened. Yeah, early nineties. It's two thousand nineteen now. Okay, so the Portland Trailblazers okay have a a guard named uh, Damian Lillard. Okay, and he was on a podcast. Okay, and he said. That he's the best rapper that has ever been in the NBA. Oh. Uh, and said <laughs> that Shaquille O'Neal sucked at rapping. What? Okay. No. So, how how old do you th- how old do you think Shaq is now? He's got to be like in his fifties. I mean, he's at least mid forties, late forties, something like that. Yeah. Gee, I mean, he was what in his twenties in the nineties, yeah. probably. Yeah. Yeah. He recorded a a diss track to Damian Lillard. Are you kidding? <laughs> this is new. Oh yeah. Okay, that's enough. That's all we need to Why know. Why is he spanking him? <laughs> I don't know. Why is he spanking so, him? So all that happened was Damian Lillard said he was a better rapper than Shaq. Okay. And Shaq decides to come out of rap retirement <laughs> to record a very mediocre song aimed at him. I love it. So now Damian Lillard has responded to Shaq with his own diss track to oh, Shaq. Oh, shit. So all of a sudden, <laughs> the shit. NBA has turned into East Coast versus West Coast oh. between active players and retired players. <laughs> <laughs> it, I I spent a good part of today reading about this, going. I don't understand why any of this is happening. <laughs> what the hell is going on? Like both of you are successful. There's no reason to be arguing over who's best at their second career. <laughs> like that's that's like a bunch of people sitting around going, "I'm better at Uber Eats than you." <laughs> yeah. My side hustle hustles so much harder. I'm a than much you do. better sandwich artist. <laughs> you know, I actually wanted to work at Subway for a while just because they were called sandwich artists. They tricked you. You I bought know. into the hype. I did. But imagine that meatball sub you could have made. Oh fuck! <sighs> and imagine what Jared might have done. Nothing to you. <laughs> yeah, I'm too old by that point. Yeah. If you're of legal age to work at Subway, right. he's not interested. That's not. That's not Jared's type. Enjoy prison. Uh, <laughs> I hope you get podcasts in prison. And just for reference, here's Notorious B.I.G. and Shaq. Oh, man. 
It does look like Shaquille. Shaquille. Ooh. I'm, I'm so vibing 90s. right now. I'm oh, vibing. Oh, so 90s bad boy. I like it, though. I'm kind of vibing. Give it a second. Uh. Oh. That's, we that's decided. a classic a classic Puff Daddy track it right It totally there. is, yeah. We decided not to come in yet. Here we go. And... Is that Shaq? I think so. Wow. He was okay, so he wasn't. In he wasn't the 90s. completely terrible. He wasn't the worst rapper that ever existed. <clears throat> but Damian Lillard's actually like yeah. a decent rapper. Yeah. And it compare it's one of those things where in any genre of music, you can't compare no. two decades together. Like no, you <laughs> it's very you different shouldn't. things. Yeah. You you're not <clears throat> you're not today comparing any of the bands that exist to Dookie, like from Green Day. You're not yeah, like any true. genre of music. Right, you right. don't compare the two. It's no, weird. No, that's funny though. I listened to some Dookie today. Oh, it's very good. It's very good. Um, uh, interestingly, you're talking about rap. Yeah, older rap. Um, so our friend Adam Foster, who you probably heard at the beginning of the show. Um, <clears throat> let me in a digital underground album. Oh, called Sex Packets. Oh, he's moving you to digital underground. Very interesting album. Very interesting. Yeah. Album. Now it doesn't sound anything like uh, rap from from now, right? Obviously, but I mean, uh, the Humpty Hump is track one. You you know the Humpty Dance. You know who got their start with digital underground? Yeah, Tupac. Shakur. Yeah, yeah. Just. As like a background dancer, and then he did a couple featured verses. Man. Mm. Way to go, Tupac. I, I saw, um, so there's on Netflix, and I can't think of the name of the documentary, but it's a hip-hop documentary. Evolution of Hip-Hop? Yes. Yeah. Uh, where they talked about Tupac, and they interviewed the guy from Digital Underground talking about it. It was really, okay, so anyone who talks about Tupac when he died at this point it's kind of been like a thing where he's elevated and he's up on a pedestal sure yeah so the guy from digital underground they interviewed him and he was talking about tupac saying like i didn't really recognize him anymore at that point oh wow. like he had changed as a person he was he went to prison yeah okay and when he came out he was just a completely different person wow and it was the most interesting interview clip to me because it's – I feel like it's got to be the first honest yeah. interview about that that I've ever heard. Sounds pretty honest. Because everyone else is, you know, oh, he was he was just the best. He was the best. Well, yeah, he was great, but – Yeah, obviously he was great. Like, there's not – no one's amazing. Like, everyone has down oh, downfalls. Yeah. Everyone's to, a human yeah. being. Right, right. And, I mean, a person who went to prison at some point <laughs> at least was tied to something nefarious a right. little bit. He probably has some flaws. Yeah. Let's just say that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it was really interesting because he, he kept talking about hearing about him dying. Like, yeah. it, it was the episode where he, they talked about that. And, it, like, he broke down talking about it oh wow like he was yeah. actually crying talking about it but he was talking about he came out of prison met suge knight 
different person. Different person. Just completely changed as a human being. Wow. See, that's... <clears throat> it's strange to know someone who just totally changes like yeah. that, you know? Well, and I mean, it makes sense that he would change. I mean... Prison went, can do that to yeah. you, I'm sure. <laughs> I mean, like going to war, prison, something Anything really like traumatic. Anything like that is going to change you as a human being. Right, that's a major, but major life. you could tell just listening to him, like it, it was a shock to him. He yeah. still hasn't quite figured out exactly what happened. Yeah. Just all of a sudden, the person he knew, not there anymore. Right. Well, so you see him, um, Digital Underground, or in that Chevy Chase, Dan Aykroyd movie. Um, is it called Nothing But Trouble? I think. Oh, yeah. You remember Nothing yeah. But Trouble? Really strange movie. <laughs> uh, Adam and I actually watched it recently. Um, great movie. Uh, really interesting. But um, it's basically about some people from the city who get pulled over in some podunk town right. and they get tried by this judge who's like 103 years old or something <laughs> and subjected to his weird like not torture but like his just weirdness yeah for the rest of the movie right and i mean it's definitely worth your time to go watch it but in the middle of it digital underground are in it right and it features an amazing scene where they're doing a song tupac is dancing as he would in the background you see him big smile looks like a happy guy yeah in that scene and then dan Aykroyd is this old judge is like ripping a riff on an organ it's wild it's so strange (laughs) and completely worth your time it just sounds like a fever dream when you describe it it really does the more tupac's dancing yeah (laughs) dan Aykroyd's on the organ that's crazy and but one of those people is now dead and the other one the my, one you would have expected to be dead by now? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's just makes vodka and yeah, alien yeah. stuff. That's, oh, I forgot. I keep forgetting about the alien stuff until I see something new he said. Yeah. And then I'm like, right. You're a crazy person. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I, Dan Aykroyd and Tom DeLonge. Need to get together. They need a podcast. They do. Oh, oh man. Oh. Can you imagine the I things that would be said? I certainly on can. On a Dan Aykroyd, Tom DeLong podcast. Yeah. For those who don't know, Tom DeLong, former guitarist and singer of Blink-182. Frequent guest on the show. <laughs> Frequent guest. <laughs> uh, is in love with aliens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He wants to be I My favorite inside. thing is... So he he broke up Blink One A Two by being just a general douchebag the first time, mm. right? They got back together. They recorded an album. He broke him up again. Mm. So his Alien documentary has come out recently about aliens mm. because he loves aliens. Big alien fan, <laughs> and <laughs> and I saw an interview with him where he was talking about well. I just had to leave Blink One A Two, and I couldn't. I couldn't really explain to them why, because I kind of had a bigger thing I needed to do. <laughs> and the bigger thing was aliens. Yeah, <laughs> and he, we talked about it before. He's got an official organization, all yeah. this stuff. So it's like every single interview I see with him, because there's more and more, because he loves aliens and he's got aliens everywhere. Aliens on the brain. It's just always. 
Yeah, I want to get Blink-182 back together. Blink, they're still a band, but that's fine. Yeah, go, yeah. Uh, they've, go on. They've moved on without you, honestly. <laughs> I just saw them on a, a bill the other day. They they pulled they pulled the guy from Alkaline Trio. They're fine. Yeah. It's, it's there. <laughs> <laughs> they've been through a lot. Yeah, honestly. they're like any other yeah. punk uh, pop punk band in yeah. their mid-40s. Sure. Not great. That's the definition yeah. of what? pop punk in your mid forties. There, there is, there are certain. I'm realizing this. There are certain kinds of music that are really tied to like being between the age of fifteen and twenty five. Pop punk, especially punk, you can get away with being. Old. Oh yeah, you can be old and be a punk. Pop yeah. punk, yeah, no. Uh, to the point that Blink One Eighty Two in their mid forties are still writing songs where it's like. I don't want to go to class. <laughs> yeah, it, it doesn't work anymore. It doesn't work anymore. No, remember I, the time that we went to prom? No. No, remember the time we did it? Um, like that's that's their entire yeah, entire I know, I know. catalog. I know. I don't care for it. Um, <laughs> I've been going. You know those big CD sleeves we used to all have with like a zipper, and you can yeah. get like fifty CDs in there. Yeah. Um, so I ha- I still have some of those, right? right? I don't throw away media. I keep my media. Right. Um, yes, I know. You're, you're, you uh, have it all around This me. is the Horde basement, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's filled with meat. There are tapes. There. I'm looking at a pile of VHS tapes right now. Beside a pile of floppy disks, this is not bullshit. This is real. Your, your entire basement is actually held together by laser disks. Just pile. There are no beams in here. It's just piles of laser discs. I was thinking about that the other day. Like, could you use old CDs as like building material? That, I'm sure I you literally could. had that thought. I'm sure you could. How much super glue would you need? Anyway, a lot. Um, ooh, and can you microwave them first? Hey, kids, you ever microwaved a CD? Go take your parents' Eric Clapton album, <laughs> Pilgrimage, and go microwave that motherfucker and watch what happens. Okay? You want to put the label you do side... It to Pilgrimage? Yeah. Label side down. Because fuck that record. Label side down. <laughs> I... I like the idea that every parent in America owns a copy of Pilgrimage. You know they do. Because that's who bought that. <laughs> it's, it's one of like five albums that every parent yeah. in America... Somehow they bought... They all bought the latest Adele album. Yep. 2100. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They bought Pilgrimage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I I saw a thing with Adele's last album. So it sold a lot of copies, right? Sure. If you look at the breakdown, the percentage of physical copies to digital copies is shockingly physical. Really? Yeah, it's all like 40-plus-year-olds going, I want to buy that CD. Where's the local Best Buy? (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. We're a we're not a Best Buy anymore. We're a we're a compassionate dethruppling um, institution. We're, yeah, no, we uh, this we don't really focus on CDs anymore because it's yeah, 2019. Right. Could you please go somewhere else? There's no internet store, <laughs> go sir. To, go to Target. They have five CDs right. that they'll sell you at any given time. And Adele five is CDs. two of them. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> I did notice that T Swift, and I don't. I know you don't want to talk about her, Ugh. but she's selling. I just, this is just about media, okay? Yeah, she's selling a new version of her album that comes with like copies of lyric sheets and things like that, yeah. and it's a physical. And, and I think that's what it is. And it's at Target. It literally, yeah. it's a stand at Target. Um. So, have you heard the whole thing with her? No. Uh, oh, I did hear about... that she lost all her copyrights. Okay, so or something. And Which I sucks. I don't know who to side with in this because, I mean, naturally, my instinct is to side on the opposite side of Taylor Swift because mm-hmm. she's a terrible human being. No, like just she's a bad not person. So bad. Until she comes on this podcast and proves me wrong, she's a terrible human being. I'm sure this basement would be her standards. Yeah. Oh yeah, this is totally Taylor. Hey, Taylor, you want to see my floppy dance? <laughs> <laughs> um, so her record label, Big Machine. Yeah, it was just in town here. Yeah, yeah. was purchased uh, by Scooter Braun. Who's that? The manager of Justin Bieber. Oh, fuck. Okay, so automatically we got two people I don't like. <laughs> yeah. Probably three. Scooter's probably not great. Well, that's that's who I got. <laughs> Justin, he's out of the picture. I don't care about Justin. Scooter made everyone like Justin. That's a problem. Get out of here. Um, So uh, he bought the record label, which means he now owns the rights to her music. Whoa. So she has claimed for years that he tried to bully her. Oh. I have no further details. Taylor, come on the podcast and explain your side of the story. Um, But that he tried to you know shut her out of different gigs and stuff like that okay so she thinks so at this point i'm i'm on the side of taylor okay which takes a lot that's never happened before right yeah and then she's like he only bought the music he only bought the record label to mess with me Mm. so now i'm like back in the middle because i'm like well okay let's let's calm the ego down because this is a record label that has like Tim McGraw it's on got it. A like lot it's a big of, it's record a label, big business. Yeah, <laughs> like you're you're. They part have of a it. vodka too. Yeah, you're a part of it. You're not the whole thing. No, no, no. <clears throat> and I'm gonna go ahead and bet Scooter Braun don't know anything about him aside from he's a terrible human being for forcing Justin Bieber on us. Likes money. I'm so sure. he probably bought it for the money. <laughs> I would imagine. Yeah. So now I'm in the middle, but she is upset that he now owns the masters. So her plan, and I don't know legally how this works, mm. is to re-record yes. all of her own songs. Right. So she re-owns them. <laughs> well, no, because she owns the publishing rights. Okay, is that how it works? Yeah. She has the publishing yeah. rights, but not the actual recording correct yeah i believe that's 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 more or less how it works yeah my theory because she wrote the songs yeah. or is at least a co-writer on them right? my theory is she went if i re-record all these yeah i can have like six albums in the top 10 <laughs> all at one time wouldn't that's that be great also because it will happen that's an added benefit yeah like every taylor swift fan sure. is gonna go i'm gonna listen to all of these yeah 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 no, I mean it's just it, bizarre. Honestly, it makes sense from her point of view. Yeah, because then she's gonna I, own. Those I can't again. blame yeah. her for doing it. No, no, not at all. Yeah, because also Scooter Braun. 
Yeah. <laughs> Leaves a weird taste Ugh. in your mouth. Like, he's definitely uh, sexually harassed a waitress. 100%. Just the name. Just You're the, like, that guy yeah. has sexually harassed a waitress. <laughs> like, he, he's, like, giving her a little pat on the butt when she walks by something, oh, you boy. know? Yeah. Um, so he's gross. Don't sue me for defamation. No, I'm sure Scooter. he's gross. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, Taylor is just Taylor Swift. Uh, yeah, well... You know, how I feel. and in this instance, you're on her side, which I love. Which it takes a lot for me to be but, on her but side. But look at you, look at you. Over the course of 149 episodes, you have grown, my friend. Yeah, she's still a terrible human. <laughs> she's just not as bad as Scooter Braun. Uh, you know what my kid wanted to listen to in the car today? Not Taylor Swift. Yeah. What are you? You are you are a father. I know. You have a job. If your kid is listening to Taylor Swift, do you know what that means? You have failed as a father. You you are worse than a deadbeat dad. Wow. You're a Taylor Swift dad. Jesus Christ. <laughs> and that's what you come here for, everybody. It's, it's as low as it gets right there. That's bottom of the barrel. Before I get really depressed, Sushi Jackknife. <laughs> sushi Jackknife. <laughs> Butt to vagina. That's yeah. it. That's, That's it. the sushi jack. That's butt to vagina. Butt to vagina. But it's got to be two women. It's not just like a guy's ass. That's not. Doesn't work the same. No, that would. Let's. It'd just be weird. Ponder that till next time. Yeah. <laughs>